and I am now joined by the lovely Andrea Bell. Kia ora. Kia ora from the Hocken. And you've been travelling a bit recently, haven't you? I have, yes. Yeah, so I was in um, Australia maybe about a month ago. I went to Sydney and Melbourne, just on holiday actually. Oh, wow. But um, saw a lot of art exhibitions, so give me lots of inspiration for things to talk about today. Um, but yeah, today I wanted to talk about the Biennale of Sydney and the Melbourne Triennial. Um, so perhaps I should just kind of launch into yeah, it. Yeah, just launch into yeah. it. Go for it. <laughs> so the Biennale of Sydney, just to give a bit of background, was established in 1973. And the um, Biennale is an international festival of contemporary art held every two years in Sydney, Australia, um, alongside the Venice Biennale and the Sao Paulo Biennale and documentary in um Germany. It's one of the longest running exhibitions of its kind and it's the first to be established in the Asia Pacific region. Um, in the past two decades or so there have been kind of a flurry of biennales I guess around the world um, being established at traditionally kind of non-art centres and what I mean by that is like not New York or not Paris kind of thing. Um, often kind of these emerging um, centres as kind of ways to think about art in different different ways and um, bring out different practices but um, often Biennales are kind of quite interesting in terms of a political kind of framework. They're often um, established to kind of project ideas of economic growth and um, through arts tourism and cultural diplomacy so there's kind of a lot of different agendas going on behind the scenes mm. um, not just kind of the core business of presenting contemporary art which is quite interesting and um, the Sydney Biennale was first presented um, as I mentioned in 1973 at the newly opened Sydney Opera House um, that has since expanded to be a multi-venue affair so um, most recently when I saw it it was at the Art Gallery of New South Wales Museum of Contemporary Art Art Space Gallery in Sydney, Gallery 4A, which is um, focused on contemporary Asian art practices, Carriage Works, and Cockatoo Island. So wow. it's a lot to see, yeah. and kind of can't really see everything. It's quite overwhelming and exhausting, <laughs> but amazing. Yeah. Um, so the title for the current iteration of the Biennale is called Superposition, Equilibrium and Engagement. I also brought along the wee guide if you want to have a look. Oh, wonderful. Show and tell. Thank you. <laughs> um, so it's curated by a Japanese curator named Nami Katoka of the Mori Art Museum um, of Tokyo, Japan. And so she actually visited New Zealand a few years ago. Um, in 2012, she was the judge for the Walters Prize at Auckland oh, yeah. Art Gallery. Wow. Yeah. So that's quite interesting because she selected uh, a New Zealand artist, Kate Newby, as the winner of that Walters Prize. Mm. And um, we spoke about Kate Newby with Jamie a couple of weeks ago, but um, she featured, of course, in this iteration of the Biennale. It just kind of goes to show how valuable having an international judge for the Walters Prize can be because yeah. you don't really know what other opportunities may arise as a result. Um, so Kate's work in the show was um, at uh, Cockatoo Island. It was titled A Rock in This Pocket um, and she replaced a section of an enclosed courtyard um, on Cockatoo Island's um, convict precinct with a floor work that could be walked over and made out of bricks. It was embedded with um, ceramics, metal, found glass. Um, the island's past as a penal colony, I'm sorry, penal colony, penal establishment, <laughs> <laughs> industrial school for girls, and shipbuilding yard is quite apparent as you walk around Cockatoo Island. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's, it's quite interesting because you're kind of walking around and thinking, what's the art and what's the kind of just <laughs> historical? Because <laughs> so it's got such a, like amazing architectural history and yeah. um, things to look at that, yeah, it can be kind of distracting as well. Um, 
so it's kind of interesting thinking about her work and those kind of traces around the island in terms of industrial equipment and things because um her work almost kind of blends into this environment it's, yeah it's like it's transitory but it also has this kind of enduring presence um, and it adds to the history of the site. But um, So that was my favourite work, but that's just because I'm a bit biased against Kate <laughs> Newby's work. Um, so as I mentioned, like there was so many artists and there's really too many to talk about today, but there was one work in particular that I wanted to talk about today, which was okay. by Ai Weiwei that oh, um, yes. we were just talking about before yeah. going on air. And so this connects with um, this idea of kind of the Biennale framework and... Um, thinking about kind of the politics that are embedded in these kind of um, exhibitions. Yes. So um, it's very different So to Kate Newby's work because it kind of speaks to the global political situation, um, one that the Biennale has actually faced criticism about before, and that's the refugee crisis. Yes. So Ai Weiwei, the world-famous artist <laughs> yeah. from Beijing, um, from China, so he created a work called The Laws of the Journey, um, and his work was an installation of black PVC, 60 metre long inflatable sculpture. It was huge. You might guess, yeah, you actually yeah. had to um, climb a platform to like a viewing wow. platform. Although you could walk around it as well, but you're also dwarfed by it. So it was an, an inflatable sculpture of a life raft boat crowded with hundreds of uh, refugees. Um, and yeah, the actual work was um, fabricated in, um, or manufactured rather in China back in um, his hometown, but also, not not hometown necessarily, but in a factory that manufactures vessels that are actually used um, to create, um, sorry, used to create vessels um, for refugees who are actually attempting to, to flee. And the, the, the location of where his his work is created is yes. really important for Ai yes. Weiwei as well. Yeah. That is because if we go way back to the Sunflower Seeds exhibition yeah. at the Tate, mm -hmm. that was all about mass manufacturing in yes, China and exactly. that he turned an entire village into a manufacturing centre for this for one work. piece of work. So yeah. that is really important to him as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. Um, and actually a few years ago, I was just mentioning to you before that he was actually criticised for another work um, relating to this refugee crisis. It was a self-portrait of the artist posing as... Mm. Alan Curdy, a yep. three-year-old boy whose lifeless body was washed up on a beach in Turkey back in 2015. So the original image that he was referencing was captured by a photojournalist and was used by the media around the world and seen as a real turning point, I guess, in terms of public perceptions of the Syrian refugee crisis. Yeah. Um, so Ai Weiwei's reenactment was criticised because, as you said, he was it was posted on Instagram, so it's it kind was, of a different format yeah, as well to being in a gallery. But um, he was kind of criticised for being crude and thoughtless and egotistical. Um, but he does seem to have his heart in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had been living at one of the refugee yeah. colonies for a while as well and helping out the refugees and, and doing humanitarian work with mm. them. So there is that was just side of things. Yeah. It was just maybe the wrong time and the wrong platform to yeah, be posting the for picture. Yeah, sure. But it's interesting as well that he actually cancelled an exhibition of his own work in Denmark um, in protest about their government's hardening of policy against asylum seekers a few mm. years ago. But he didn't do that in Australia, did he? It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of an interesting juxtaposition. Um, so that just connects now to um, the Sydney Biennale's relationship with um, a sponsorship um, situation. Um, so back in 2014, calls were made by refugee activists and artists to actually boycott the Sydney Biennale. This was the 19th Sydney Biennale back in 2014. Mm. In response to a perceived chain of connections between the Biennale 
and a company called Transfield Holdings and yep. Transfield Services. Um, and the latter had a contract with the Australian offshore detention centres at um, Manus Island in Nauru. Mm-hmm. So the issue was that although separate companies, Transfield Holdings owned a share of the public um, company Transfield Services and Transfield Holdings was the founding partner of um, the two companies, sorry, the founding partner of the Biennale Mm. and the two companies actually merged to create the Transfield Foundation which again supported the Biennale financially. So um, a group of over 40 artists that were participating in the Biennale at the time actually published an open letter to the board of directors of the Biennale about their concerns and they stated, and I quote, (laughs) we urge you to act in the interests of asylum seekers. Um, As part of this, we request the Biennale to withdraw from the current sponsorship with Transfield to seek um, to develop and seek to develop new um, new ones basically. So several artists actually ended up withdrawing altogether Mm. from the Biennale. Um, they and some came back, right? Yes, yeah. that's right. Most of them actually came back because of what happened. So um, following that artist action, I guess, the board announced that they would cut ties because it was really bad publicity, yeah, actually. Yeah, terrible. And the chairman resigned. And as you say, like most of them kind of actually returned. So um, now jumping ahead three years to Melbourne, <laughs> <laughs> to the um, National Gallery of Victoria, this is now something that's been brewing kind of prior to the NGV Triennial, which is a new exhibition that's just um, launched last late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, there's connections between contracts associated with det- detention centres and artist protests, um, whereby um, the NGV had a security contract with a company called Wilson Security. Um, and they have a well-documented record, unfortunately, of serious ethical breaches um, in their role in offshore des- detention centres yeah. at Nauru and Manus. So um, they've also come under fire from human rights organisations, including the UN and the International Red Cross. So there's a group in Australia called the Artists Committee, and that's made up of artists and art workers. And they um, first circulated a petition with over 1,500 signatures um, requesting that the gallery ends their contract with Wilson Security. Yeah. Um, and then, as a result, kind of nothing happened, so they thought would um, stage a couple of actions. Mm-hmm. So they actually coloured, I don't know if you've been to the NGV, they've got a water wall at the entrance yeah, yeah. and a moat around it of water. <laughs> so they actually um, kind of coloured that water with red dye. Yeah. <laughs> because that's <laughs> the dramatic. colour of Wilson Security's logo. That's right, right, yeah, and I guess you could kind of be like, oh, blood, blah, you know, yeah. like blood on your hands kind of stuff. Anyway, and then um, nothing happened from that either. So then they staged another action. This is pre-triennial, this is like late last year, where they actually um, covered one of the paintings in the gallery with a black cloth yeah. emblazoned with the... Um, Wilson Security logo. Isn't that one of Picasso's work? It was. It was Weeping, Weeping Woman. Yeah. 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 So, um, they, so already a symbol of mourning. That's but right. They covered it with the Wilson logo. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So they, and as well as covering it, um, a group of artists actually kind of blocked it as well. So from they kind of blocked access from the security guards, which is interesting that they kind of got in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was about an hour the protest. But yeah, as you say, like the Weeping Woman is a postscript of um, Picasso's famous Guernica as well. So it's kind of kind of an apt choice in terms of thinking about refugees fleeing war in Syria and being in the detention centres today. So um, the triennial opened in December last year. It was a really massive exhibition. It included over 100 artists from 32 countries, including Dunedin's own Kushana Bush, representing New Zealand. (laughs) So um, 
So in response to the NGV's lack of action in this kind of contract situation with Wilsons, there were a couple of artists in the triennial that um, decided to rename their works, so Candy Sprites and Richard Moss. Mm. Um, so they changed the titles of their works to Wilson Must Go, and that's that was used um, on the, the title signage and things. So um, both of these artists actually are interesting because they had created works that actually directly spoke to the refugee crisis um, in their own right. So for Bright's work, um, she presented these large-scale projections with celebrities like Alec Baldwin and Julian Moore, who were recounting um, events, um, or accounts rather, of refugees' own stories of fleeing oppression. Um, but they also, she also included um, videos of refugees themselves speaking directly to the camera and telling their own stories. And then Richard Moss, similarly titled work, um, mm. Wilson Musco, presented as well a large three-scale a three-channel um, ex- installation which um, used thermal imaging cameras to, um, which are developed for military usage to actually record refugees f- um, fleeing from Syria and um, entering boats and that sort of thing. So it was quite like powerful to watch because, I mean, obviously everyone's kind of anonymous and kind of they uh, look really different because it's using thermal imaging so everything's kind of in reverse and these were accompanied by some large scale photographs of actually um, refugee camps in Greece and Germany as well Um, but it was interesting that neither artist spoke directly to the situation in Nauru and Manus Island but I guess you know those were international artists and they were looking Mm. at their own well you know European kind of context Um, but yeah so during the actual Triennial, the NGV did release a statement just recently actually that they had ended their contract oh, with fantastic. Wilson. So that's really great. Um, and they've announced a new security provider. But whether or not <laughs> this is as a direct result of the artist action yeah. is hard to be sure because actually this ha- announcement happened at the time when allegedly the contract was due to be um, kind of ended of anyway. Course it was, yeah. <laughs> so it was, but you know, I like to think it's the power yeah, of Yeah, it was a temporary action. contract anyway, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah, it was a government contract. It would have had a time span on it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, actually, of the triennial itself, it was a hugely popular show. It was I've never seen so many people there before. Like, it was, there were even toilets, um, queues to the men's toilets. Wow. I just haven't <laughs> even seen that in a shopping centre. Like, you had to kind of fight your way through. Um, and many of the artworks really did encourage kind of participation. and yeah, Yayoi, Kasama's yeah, flower. That's right. Flower kind of obsession. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of selfie moments yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of drawn to the seeming like quieter works like Kushana Bush's yeah. works, for example. <laughs> Even though hers are super busy in terms of content, um, just amongst all the other chaos, it was kind of a nice little moment. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she, she said of her work that... It's quite interesting thinking about her work in this context of the situation, that um, her work is a metaphor for watching world events from Dunedin, um, and she says, as lucky observers who lick ice creams while the world implodes, probably <laughs> just as well they didn't sell any ice creams at the NGV. <laughs> Gosh, I do feel that way sometimes. Yeah. It's so insular and small <laughs> down here, and just, you're not... There's nothing to be exposed to. It's so protected, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see any of the actual protest work when you were there? No, because I I was arriving quite late, so I only saw it, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. So I think a lot of this happened kind of around the opening time. And they did have, yeah, protest outside the gallery around the opening of the triennial as well, yeah. And the triennial is finished, but the the finale is still still in 
it's still going. I think, what does it say on the program? Ah, till the 11th, 11th of June. June. Yes, yeah, so wow. that's quite a while. So if you're heading to Sydney. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> check it out. It's huge. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming Pleasure. in and having thank a chat you. today. We'll see you in another couple of weeks awesome. when Jamie is back holding the reins when I'm no longer in the breakfast hot seat. We